Hey there, it's your host, Will Payne Harrison. I wanted to talk to you today about my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Harrison. This podcast is a free podcast, and I'm glad that you're enjoying it. Uh, thank you so much for the kind uh, words, the ratings. Thank you for subscribing and sharing with your friends. All those things mean a lot. This is a free podcast, and by no means are you obligated to give me any money at all. However, if you like what you hear and you want to support what's what's going on, uh, all of the man hours that go into the editing, into uh, actually paying to have a host site for this uh, platform, all these things uh, are done just because I love talking to these songwriters and I love getting that information out to you so you can hear about their new projects and uh, what's going on in the world of songwriting in Nashville and Louisiana and Kentucky. Um, and I really, really am a fan of all these people, and I hope that you become a fan as well. If you'd like to help continue to make this a viable thing, then uh, consider donating today to my uh, Patreon page, patreon.com slash Harrison. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Americana Station podcast. It's off the rails today with Anna Lee from WMOT. I'm really excited about this interview. It's it's uh, been a pleasure talking to Anna Lee. It's always great talking to Anna Lee. And um, we actually uh, did an interview for WMOT for her uh, program, The Local Brew. And uh, when we were doing it, I was like, this is pretty much exactly what I do. Would you come be on my show? And she said, of course. And so um, we set up the uh, interview, and um, I'm glad that it's one of the last ones of the year. Uh, Anna Lee works so hard for the local music scene in Nashville, um, and she's playing most of the people that have been on my podcast and uh, people that will be on my podcast. She's always looking out for new music. She's uh, just just one of the movers and shakers in uh, the Americana scene and root scene here in Nashville, and uh, we are so very thankful for her. Um, and uh, I'm really excited about this podcast. So uh, right now I'm uh, recording this at home and uh, at my parents' house uh, in Pineville, Louisiana. Um, just came home for a little bit before the holidays to spend some time with them. And uh, yeah, that's what's going on right now. I'm heading to Atlanta this Friday to do a So Far Sound show. Um, I got uh, Saturday I'm playing in Nashville at uh, Bell Court Taps with Claire Kelly and Adrian plus Meredith. We're doing a Christmas show there, and I'm uh, excited that they invited me to be a part of that, so that's cool. And uh, we're just kind of wrapping up the year with just a few more things here and there. Um, uh, if you didn't hear last episode, Facebook deleted my uh, page. I found out that the Americana Station page is kind of floating around in uh, cyberspace. Uh, I don't have access to it currently, so there shouldn't be any updates on it. I'm trying to find a way to grab access back to that page. In the meantime, um, everything's kind of going through at Will Payne Harrison on Instagram, and then I'm facebook.com slash the Will Payne Harrison now because uh, slash Will Payne Harrison has been deleted thanks for Facebook. Um... 
that's about all that's going on with me planning next year. Uh, I am going to be having Veronica Stanton on the show soon, and we are doing some uh, exciting stuff. I can't talk about yet because it hasn't been released, but we're doing some um, some tour dates together next year. That's going to be real fun, um, and uh, lots of cool things coming in 2020. Uh, I've been writing a lot, as I mentioned in this interview, and uh, yeah. So uh, now let's uh, let's talk about. Uh, my newest sponsor. Americanahighways.org is a website that stays on the road collecting Americana stories. From recent show reviews of Charlie Daniels Band, Ramblin' Jack Elliott, Allison Moore, and Tyler Childers, to interviews of Keb Moe, Americana Highways is on the forefront of the Americana scene. They have album reviews, playlists, such as the Back Roads playlist, which is my favorite, on Spotify, curated by your favorite podcast host and songwriter, Will Payne Harrison as well as essays and road journals by musicians. AmericanaHighways.org. Bookmark their page today and go follow my playlist on Spotify. Americana Highways Back Road Playlist is currently featured on my Spotify artist page. Follow the playlist and visit AmericanaHighways.org. And now for my guest, Anna Lee. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to the Americana Station podcast. Today I have a very special guest. It is Anna Lee. Uh, she is a DJ at WMOT currently. Um, welcome on Americana Station. Thanks for having me, Will. I'm excited. I am too. I have several questions. I never like planned questions, but I, I, I had a few questions for you. Um, I feel special. One of the things I wanted to ask you about was, uh, did you see the CMAs yesterday at all? No. No. <laughs> Sorry. So the the high women was working. Yeah. were oh, the they opened women. the show, which oh, is that's very cool, super awesome. And I, I wanted to get uh, your opinion on that. Um, well, I mean, I I think what they're doing is really amazing. You yeah, know, I'm happy that there was so much focus on women at the CMAs this year in right. general. I know Reba and Dolly and somebody else. I can't remember now who um, it was. Yes, did, Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood. Yes, Reba, Dolly, and Carrie did a song, and I thought that was really cool. But um, I love Natalie Hemby. I've been a fan of hers and her writing for a long time. I got to interview her a couple of years ago when she had f released her first album as uh, you know the front person. She's been writing for Miranda Lambert and right. all kinds of people for years and had great success with that. So seeing her step out front with her own album was really cool. And then to see her be part of this with the high women, yeah. Brandy and, and Maren Morris and Amanda Shires is just, I was really happy about that. So man, what a powerhouse group of women though. Yeah, I know. That's so cool. Um, yeah, and they I, I didn't get to watch the whole thing because I was actually playing last night. But <laughs> oh, um, I did uh, I did see that this that they were playing the CMAs. They were opening it up. And that is such a, a cool thing. I wonder uh, I don't actually know what song they did, but I, I'm Im imagining it was the high women. Yeah. Or is, redesigning women. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, something from true. the album. I'm not sure either. I need to go. All right. We need to go hit YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> figure <exactly>. this out. <laughs> um, so. You started in L.A. L.A. originally, right? I did. Um, my hometown. And you said you worked at a metal station, but that wasn't the first station you worked at. Not the first station I worked at. That was probably the fourth station I worked at or okay. fifth. I can't remember. But 
Um, the first station I worked at was in Ventura, California, which is just about an hour outside of L.A. And when I first got into radio, I was told, you know, you're probably going to have to move to somewhere in the middle of the country that nobody's ever heard of and do super small time radio before you can make it to a major market. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. No, because <laughs> I was young and I did not want to leave my home. I yeah. mean, I was born and raised in L.A. and I just had absolutely no plans to ever leave. It's literally one of the greatest cities in the world. Why would you want to leave? Well, because there's Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> that's what got me. Yeah, to leave. that's what finally got you out of there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I, it was like an adult contemporary station. We played a lot of Kenny Rogers and Barbara Streisand. And, did, you, did um, you ever get to interview any of those? No, it no. was I, I didn't interview anybody. I was on in the middle of the night from midnight to six Oof. where nobody would want to be interviewed. And um, if you want to hear a funny story, I could tell you a story about my very yeah. first night on the radio ever. This is no joke. It really happened. It was what they in those days, they called it live assist. So everything was live because there wasn't voice tracking and pre-recording and right. digitally sending files. That kind of thing didn't exist. And I'm talking like early, mid-80s. So um, <laughs> they, we had these giant walls of reel-to-reel tapes, like huge reel-to-reels yeah. full of music. So you would go over there and queue up the reel-to-reel, and then you would go back to the board, and there was a remote start, and you would start like a three-song set of music. So I'm in the, it's the middle of the night. I've never been live on the radio in my life, just in school. Yeah. Right? So here I am. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm really doing this. Yeah, I, I am on the radio. And the tape snapped. And in the middle of a song, it was a Kenny Rogers song. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. And I was like, well, that was a short-lived radio career. So I got up and I went over there and I started the next reel, whatever the songs were on that one. They just played and I spliced it. It was tape, you know, with a razor blade and yeah. And I spliced it back together and just went on my merry way and hoped I made a halfway decent edit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. I know it, that really happened. And then uh, I kept working there. So either they just didn't notice or they, <laughs> they were, were all asleep They were <laughs> between they were 12 and six. Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> they were if they were listening to that show, I think. Right. Uh, and that, you know, that was my first experience. And I worked at like um, a hip hop station. It was very early. I don't even know if they were calling it hip hop yet. I mean, like Run DMC was yeah. just now coming out. I worked at a station like that where I had to change my name because I was on two stations in the same market. That was really fun. What was I your uh, What was your name? Gina Roberts in the mix. Gina Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they said, "Can you start Saturday and pick a different name?" And I went, "Uh, okay." I had no clue. Yeah. But it it was such a small market, you know. You you in I, I doubted the same people were listening. Right. But I, I got, you know, why they wanted me to change my name. So I did that. And then I worked at a really cool rock station in Santa Barbara called K-Tide, K-T-Y-D. It's still there. And in fact, my boss, Jesse Scott at WMOT, worked at that station too. But so not at the same time? Kind of at the same time, but we didn't know each other. Like I was doing afternoons and I think she was doing maybe a weekend shift or something. And I left like right when she was starting. Wow. Isn't that weird? That is. Yeah, we just discovered and, that randomly one and day. And then you ended up here in Nashville. Yeah, then so. I, uh, after that, I worked at a top 40 station, which was really totally different. And then I worked at the metal station, KNAC, in Los Angeles for nine years from the beginning to the end. It was amazing. Do, were you, are you a fan of all those genres of music? Is there one? Pretty much. You, yeah. Um, the sleepy stuff on the adult contemporary, I mean, there were some songs that I liked, like right. Please Come to Boston by Dave Loggins. I loved that song.
Yeah, and I really at the at the at the um, hip hop station I worked at, I I really didn't know a lot of the music, so that was really fun for me because it was new music discovery. Yeah. But we played old school stuff like Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Cool in the Gang, and Marvin Gaye, and so I loved that. That's and then awesome. the metal station, I was just I, I was it like Metallica metal? Or? Yeah, I mean okay. it was Metallica, Megadeth, Sabbath, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, that Slayer, you know that kind yeah. of stuff. Napalm Death, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I I've never been in a a town that had a metal market, so I, it was never... L.A. in the '80s. So we yeah. had the Sunset Strip, we had Bon Jovi, the Hair Bands. Oh, I mean, of course. He wasn't from L.A., but Motley Crue and. Poison and Poison, Warrant and yeah. all those bands, yeah. Striper. Striper, we had Striper. Yes, <laughs> we did. I, I wasn't a huge fan of those bands. Rat, I mean, I liked Rat, some uh, songs, but as far as like what I listened to, like whole albums, it was always Sabbath or yeah. I love, I still love Metallica and Sabbath to this day, so yeah. That is a very diverse uh, ch- uh, taste in music, for sure. I love sure. some Hank Williams Sr. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's great. <laughs> Uh, I did want to ask you, because I remember when you were over here last time, you had some Tom Petty stickers, and oh. so you said you had some Tom Petty stories. Did I? I, I just love Tom Petty so much. Um, he's my favorite. He's one of my favorite songwriters and artists. Of ever, ever, right? Yeah. Me too. Me too. That is an artist that I never went through a phase of getting tired of, you know? Yeah, and you go see him, and you listen to him for three hours, and it's the only time... Like, anytime I see any band play for two and a half hours or more, you're like, okay, when's this over? But, like, literally... Or when can I take a break and go to the bathroom or get another beer or whatever? But not with Tom Petty. No, not with Tom up. Petty. You're like, wait, you're it's over already? Right. Yeah. It's over already? And I'm if I get up, I'm going to miss, like, one of the greatest songs ever. Right, yeah. I saw him on this recent tour right before he passed away here in Nashville and then yeah. twice at the Hollywood bowl, like the week before he died. And, um, it was, it was that exact thing. Like you're saying, it was just one amazing song after another. Right. So good. And I, I got to see him in, early on. I think I saw him in 81 at the forum in LA and then they recorded oh. that and it's the pack up the plantation album. It's a live album, and a bunch of those songs from that night are on. I think there's different songs on that yeah. album. I can't remember, but I got to see him sing uh, Insider with Stevie Nicks, and that was hairs standing up on my arms. Yeah. Right now. I can only imagine. That's amazing. How big was the room? The forum is like Bridgestone Arena. Okay. So it's pretty so it's big. Pretty big it's yeah. like 17,000, 18,000 maybe. I'm not sure. But it was where before the um, Staples Center, it's like where the Lakers and the LA oh, okay. Kings and all that played. So it was the arena in town, you know. That is, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'm lucky I, where I grew up. I really am. You really are. Yeah. I, I didn't, I only got one chance to see Tom Petty and it was in Tulsa and, uh, Steve Winwood opened for him. That's cool. Yeah, and wow, it was Steve Winwood opened for Tom Petty. Yeah, Steve Winwood's huge. You know, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, and um, it was great. It was it was amazing, and that was on the Hypnotic Eye tour, and that's the only time I've ever seen him. And I regret uh, I was going to see Mudcrutch when they came to the Ryman on that one tour they did. Yeah, I'm and glad I saw that because I, I didn't. Oh man, I'd never seen them, or really, you know knew that much about mud crutch before yeah. but then they released that music and i went oh well of course i'm gonna love this i mean 
It was so good. It was so good. And that yeah. was a great tour. And this band called The Shelters open for that. Do you know them at all? I don't, know. There you go. I've, I've given you homework, Will. Yeah, <laughs> you I know. Go i got to go the check shelters. out The Shelters. Well, Tom Petty actually produced their album. And they were getting ready to make another one with him. Sadly, he passed away. So yeah. I know that they're still planning to make another record. But um, they're they're like a little bit of Beatles and Stones and Tom Petty all kind of mixed in together. They definitely have a little bit of a retro feel, but um, but not totally. I mean, current, you know, and, and he saw yeah. something in them. He produced their record. Yeah, check it out. The Shelters. The Shelters. I'm I think you'll like it. Out. So um, the next thing I had to, uh, on my little, wow, I have a lot on this list. Um, <laughs> I got time. I wanted to ask you, when you're listening to a song, um, whether it be for the radio or personal, what hits you first, the lyrics, the melody, or the beat? Like, 100% the melody. The melody? I'm a total melody person. Yeah. I will say that there are times um, when I've actually read an album's lyrics before I actually heard it. Yeah. And been drawn to it to to want to hear the music because the lyrics moved me so much. Yeah. But if I'm just listening, if music comes on the radio right. or if somebody sends me a bunch of CDs, that's how I found out about you. You just sent me an email and re you were like, here's my stuff. Yeah. And I put it on and the first song was the, you know, the melody and I was in yeah. Jacqueline. It was like, it just sucked me in, you know, it was good. Thank so you. that yeah. made me want to listen to more you know right yeah and it's funny because when i talk on this podcast with all the songwriters a lot of times we we talk about like where do you start do you start with the melody do you start with the lyrics and no one has the same obviously everyone has a yeah. different uh way of writing but um at the end of the day i feel like all the songwriters are more focused on the lyrics but before i was a songwriter i was the same way it was like it was melody first beat second and last was lyrics. You're like, yeah. oh, they're saying something cool. Cool. Yeah, I know, right? I've I've thought that about artists that I've interviewed, where I thought this song is so deep. Surely you had this story rolling around in your head, and you put it to music. And I'll be surprised when I find out that the melody actually inspired the lyrics. But that happens yeah. too, you know. I do think that uh, at least what I've noticed from a lot of songwriters that I've interviewed is that. There's something a lot of us believe comes not from us, but kind of like from this universal thing we're pulling from that uh, it's like you're tapping into that emotion and then you're trying to like whatever the universe is telling you or God or whoever you're, you you want to put it on like that. The lyrics kind of come sometimes with it. Some some people say first. Most people, it's like all together, kind of jumbled together. But I just think that's so interesting because uh, like I said, I was the same way. I feel like a lot of listeners are the same way that they listen to the melody and the beat first before the lyrics. But uh, all of us songwriters are lyrics first. <laughs> well, it depends. I mean, sometimes, you know, do you know Brian Wright? He's a singer songwriter here in town. Um, I don't know him, but I did. I listened to your. Um, oh, my interview. With your him? interview with Brian Wright because he was just on the local. Yes, yeah. he was. Thank you for listening to that. Well, he has a song called Heavy Metal Shed Kids. <laughs> and it's really heavy and it's mostly a true story. I highly recommend seeing Brian Wright live. His band's called The Sneak Up, so it's Brian Wright and the Sneak Ups and they're about to release a new record. This song will be on it. And he told me that this is a it's a, literally a true story. 
Maybe yeah. some of the names were changed to protect the not so innocent. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And it's so heavy. I mean, beyond like the title is Heavy Metal Shed Kids, but it's not a heavy metal song at all. It's quiet and yeah. very um, introspective. But it's something that he said he just started writing down one night. And you can actually, in the recording, literally hear him turn the page as he's singing it because it just poured out of him. So yeah. that's a song that... I, lyrics, you know, obviously came first because it's really a, a, a true story. And then finding a way to present a story like that, you know, like yeah. I think that that's a true talent, you know, whether whether it's your lyrics or your melody that come first. And I know with a lot of a lot of songwriters, it is, you know, a lot of times you'll have a melody rolling around in your head. But um, but that's a really fine example of just like having a story to tell and just putting it out there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, sometimes you kind of know where it's going. If you're like, okay, I have the idea of the story. It's going to be a murder ballad. Then you're like, it's probably going to be in a minor key. Yeah. It's probably going to have like a minor melody, you know. But so it'd you be kind of fun to have a murder ballad in a major key. Yeah. <laughs> I like that too. Yeah. Um, but it, it is it is great whenever the first thing that hits you is the lyrics. And, and those are definitely songs that uh, I love to listen to. But what, what do you think it, in the radio format, at least where you're at now, or even in the past where you've been, um, what makes a great song or what have you found like makes a great song that kind of like sticks through time? Well, for me, because I just love songs so much, I'm, I'll say 100% whether it's melody, lyrics, beat, whatever it is, I'm a song person. Yeah. So, I mean, I like instrumental music too, and I like grooves, and I like hearing people's talent when they play. But if it's a song that's got something to say and it moves along and whether it's slow or fast, doesn't tempo doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's still about sucking me in with a melody. That's kind of what it all comes back to. And for me, when I'm on the radio and I get to um, play songs like sets of songs, I I like to try to make them flow. You know, I like them to sonically kind of make sense. Sometimes it's a lyric thing. Sometimes I'll do a set of, Songs about the road, you know, right. or songs about nature or whatever, you know, yeah. songs about heartbreak. There's plenty of those to choose from. You know what I mean? Yeah, no kidding. But it, but sometimes it is a, a lyrical theme and it's not always like that. Sometimes it's just random songs. But even when it's just random songs, for me, I like I like for them to flow into one another. You know? Yeah. Like uh, even like key or tempo or whatever or just... Yeah, just that I don't even know how to explain it, just so that they make sense together, so that I'm not playing like, let's say I'm playing some super rockin' song, yeah. and then it, co- it it ends with a cold ending. Yeah. And then let's say the next song is like a super quiet intro. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like jarring, you know what right. I mean? I, I might play something that is a bridge between the super slow ballad and the super heavy rocker. Does that yeah, make sense? Right. Just to kind of try to make sonically make it flow because I feel like, I don't know if I'm right, but uh, hopefully that draws people in and they want to keep listening. Like if they, you know, if the segue, kind of like when you're in a club, I've been a club DJ too, not in a lot of years, but oh. but I've done that too. We'll have to go well, to that where, next. <laughs> yeah, where you, where you, you know, you're trying to mix on beats so that right. people don't even know that you've changed songs and they're still dancing. You want to, when you're a club DJ, at least when I was in the 80s, the point was to keep people on the dance floor. Right. You know? Yeah. So um, maybe that's just in the back of my mind, but I just really like, uh, I don't know. I was like that even before I did that. I just like when songs flow. I like when a set of music makes me want to keep li- like, what are they going to play next? Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's true. Even as a artist 
for your album like you don't want to have like this jarring heavy song and then cut to your quiet contemplative song without some sort of gap and i i feel like that um like with this last record that i did uh we i really thought that out too where you're like okay how does this feel like almost like a, a set when you're playing live where it's got the the ebb and flow the up and down where yeah. you're taking them on kind of a roller coaster i wanted the album to have that same thing so that totally makes sense yeah absolutely about that i bet you're a great mixtape maker <laughs> I'm addicted to doing it, I <laughs> yeah. will say. Thank you, Spotify, because they made it a lot easier. Yeah. I, mean, I literally used to sit there with, you know, well, first, when I was really young, recording songs off the radio. Right. Onto cassette. Same. And yeah. then um, taking CDs, I had a little boom box that had a CD player, but you could record onto cassette. Oh. So I would just plop CD after CD in there and make my own mixtape. I mean, I'm talking like 30 years ago. I used yeah. to do that. I, I mean, 20 years ago, that's what I was doing. <laughs> you know, when I was, I got my first car, it had a cassette player in it. And I remember before, uh, we were kind of poor, so we didn't have a CD player when everyone else had a CD player. So before the, I, you know, for Christmas, I got my first CD player. I would sit there and you'd have to wait for the song. And then it would be so annoying <laughs> whenever they would like bleed into it. They'd be like, this is the new song. You're like, no, no I want the no, whole song. I want yeah, stop talking yeah. over it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's really funny. Oh, I've definitely been there. Yeah, I, I do. I do love to put, I have on my playlists, I have like a 70s soul one that's got like 200 songs on it. Because every time I hear something, I'm like, oh, that needs to go on my playlist. Yeah. I have, you know, lots of Americana type ones. Right. Um, I got hired recently to do a corporate event, which was in Nashville for a company from Boston, and they really wanted a Nashville experience. That's so, cool. yeah, it was really cool. They hired me to, to make a playlist and to hire some bands to do live stuff. But um, but they wanted like classic country and they wanted like contemporary stuff. So I put not like necessarily contemporary pop country. Yeah. I put a lot of the stuff that WMOT plays. I might have even put one of your songs on there. I probably oh, cool. did. Yeah. You know, just just like artists in Nashville that are making music. Right. Speaking of mixtapes, I have a playlist on Spotify through AmericanaHighways.org called the Americana Highways Backroads Playlist by Will Payne Harrison. You can search that uh, and find the song that you're currently hearing right now. This is Nathan Evans Fox with I Want You. Last year in the spring, I lost my reasons for staying. Don't know what to tell you I just want you to want me It's been a goddamn year working Yeah, and I, I do have to say I love that, I mean you, you even say it on WMOT on some of your little spots But like, you know, you play Chris Stapleton when the main guys aren't playing or, or Casey Musgraves or all these people that are like hugely successful country people that aren't getting r radio love on the contemporary country stations are playing um, uh, Tyler Childers and oh, like, he's so great yeah like all these so amazing old school real deal that guy right yeah and I, I love that so much because uh, what did y'all started three years ago or was it two yeah, years three. ago yeah three years ago and I remember seeing a an ad in like I don't remember if it was East Nashvilleian or something like that. And it was like new station coming. 
and I was like, sweet, this is my station. And it's literally been in my car ever since it's been tuned Yay, to that. And, thank you. Um, you know, you know, Kaylee, she would always get on to me. Kaylee and Bial would get on to me because uh, she's a friend of mine that works at Lightning 100. <laughs> I'd always have it on WMOT. <laughs> like, She'd sorry. be like, why aren't you listening to Lightning 100? But, well, I worked at Lightning 100 for a lot of years and I loved the music there. But when WMOT came on the scene. Right. Um, I was probably with you like playing that in my car a lot because I've because they play a lot of that classic stuff I mentioned like Hank Sr. and Merle and yes yeah. you know Glenn Campbell who I absolutely love I never get enough Glenn Campbell they play yeah. Wichita Lyle Lyle love and it I just I love Lyle love yeah. it but I mean and all that stuff and then there everything that's new that's coming out they've yeah. been so generous with me and giving me free reign to develop local programming and get to highlight artists like you and the artists that opened for you, Ben Delacour, who yeah. I'm a humongous fan of. John Latham, Chris England. Yeah. Chris, yeah. Like so many great artists and so many great East Nashville artists. You know? Yeah. And they're from, I mean, we're, we're, we're my, when I first started the local brew, I said, this is a show for middle Tennessee music makers. Cause it's not just Nashville. There's people out in yeah. Mount Juliet or Lebanon or, you know, totally. Murfreesboro where the station is making music. And, you know, we just wanted to open it up to anybody that's in, that's in our listening area. Right. Which is broad. Cause we have a hundred thousand Watts, which is super exciting for me to be able to know that people all the way to Bowling Green and all the way down to Chattanooga can hear us. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's broad, but I welcome everybody. Um, and one of the things that I don't think I've ever uh, said, but I have an EP called the Blue EP. I uh, did a bunch of covers and I did a John Fogarty cover nice. um, called Blue Moon Nights. And the first time I heard it was on WMOT. Oh, and I was so cool. thinking of like songs to, because the whole idea about the EP was uh, that every song had the word blue in it. And I, I love Credence Clearwater Revival. I love John Fogarty. Like oh. that's one of my first, like when I was, you know, cutting my teeth on playing music and learning what music was, CCR was like one of the first records my parents had that they gave me. And that's so cool. Um, so when I heard that, I was like, that's the song. Oh, that's <laughs> Put it, great. Yeah. I love it. I love that yeah. you love WMOT because I do too. So cool. And I love Credence. Right, yeah, I'm I'm definitely a, a big supporter of that, and and that actually just transitions great into what I was going to talk about uh, with the live at the local and the the other programming that you're doing there right now. Um, you just did a month long residency with uh, Cafe Rooster Records, which was yeah. really awesome. And you're talking about Brian Wright, I believe he yes, he does is, he run it or he is the him and his wife Sally J are the founders of Cafe Rooster Records. Okay. totally DIY label i mean they're small they don't have a ton of money they're not putting artists on the road with a big budget or anything like that yeah but they have a recording studio and an engineer the cafe rooster shed yeah right, which is where we did our interview with brian and um i just liked the idea the whole reason i wanted to do the local brew was it's aaron lee tastian's fault because <laughs> i had interviewed him several times at lightning 100 and he was always wanting to talk about his neighbors his friends his collaborators and i would yeah. say let's talk about your new record and he would and then he'd say but lily hyatt has a great new record yeah brian wright my guitar player has a great new record so i got the idea to maybe um talk to artists that i wanted to talk to and then have them turn me on to new music and a lot of it comes through the artists that they bring to open the show yeah um I have Elise Davis coming up who I just interviewed and she has an artist named Stephanie Lambring opening for her who's written with a bunch of people but I didn't know her so it's new music discovery for me yeah a lot of the the people that you're getting is new music discovery for me for sure good, um, good. my roommate Pat he, he was playing with uh, one of the girls that opened up 
during the cafe rooster thing i can't remember her name right now off the top of my head so but if it wasn't Kristen, could it have been uh nightingale it was nightingale yeah okay, pat cool. plays guitar for nightingale nice. sometimes and okay. uh I I got home from work and he had just got home and he's putting his guitars down and stuff and he, I was like where were you he was like oh I just play with Nightingale and I was like I just heard that on the radio like on the <laughs> well, way that's home and you didn't even know yeah I didn't even that's know my so roommate funny. was playing with them yeah. yeah she's cool she's real kind of uh, speakeasy jazzy kind of blues club vibe you know yeah like uh, I I really liked her vibe she opened for the Minx. Oh, really? Yeah, and the Minks are straight up rock and roll. They're great, you know, so this is a little different sound, but yeah. that was new music discovery for me as well. So that that's what I love about doing the show and having the ability. That's why I love being at WMOT because they give me the freedom to bring in whoever I want to bring in and showcase whoever I want to showcase. And you're also doing the, the daily local as well. So Yeah, we pick a, a local song from a different artist yeah. every single day, Monday through Friday. And we air it twice at 6.30 in the morning and 6.30 at night. And a friend of mine that I used to do radio with at the station in Santa Barbara, he lives in San Francisco now, he said, oh, wow, every day a new local artist? That's a lot. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Not in Nashville. <laughs> and I know. And he goes, do you have, like, do you ever run out? And I'm like, uh, no. No. <laughs> no. That's why I live here. You yeah. Know, it's just a breeding ground for talented songwriters and musicians. And you can't even cover everybody. <laughs> no, that's why, I mean, that's why I love getting to do the weekly local show, which is an hour long show um, right? where I had you on, where I get to talk to artists and then I just get to play random music, but I also, and then do the, the live thing so I can showcase people playing live and get right. audiences out there. And, um, and the daily thing is a really good opportunity just, you know, for people that are releasing new music and maybe they don't have a full album or maybe they're not ready to play a live show or right. maybe they're on tour, whatever it is, I still have an opportunity to expose their music to people. Yeah. And, and you played my friend Veronica Stan. She'll be on the podcast later. Oh, cool. Um, uh, one of the days and I was That's really right. excited I, about that. You introduced that. me yeah. to her at the local one night. Yeah. yeah. And I really liked her song and I've spun it a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you've played Ben Delacour and Kristen England's. Yes. Kristen's great. Oh, we talked a little bit about Kristen when we did our interview, but yeah. her song wasn't out yet. Right. She, yeah, yeah she was supposed now to it be is. Yeah. Now she has two songs. So she has one with the blind boys of Alabama. She does. Yes. We're going to play that on WMOT. You'll hear that on my show for sure. Yeah. yeah. That, that blew my mind because I, I love the blind boys of alabama oh, cool they're thing. great gospel music and when i found out she was yeah, she wrote a song with them that was so cool she's great and and ben <clears throat> you mentioned i'm a big fan of ben's i yeah. i found out about him a couple of years ago and so when you mentioned him to me and said i think i want to have my friend ben delacour open the show i was like oh my gosh please yeah i hadn't seen him or heard from him in a while and he stays out on the road a lot yeah, yeah he's really we're, we're gonna have him on uh, finally friday which is another thing we do which yeah. you've done as well yeah. Um, for WMOT, where we just put live music on the radio on Friday afternoon. It's a great way to kick off the weekend and just kind of, and it's at Third and Lindsley, which is a great venue. And Yeah, I met Jed Hughes there, who's oh, cool. awesome. He's written with like Guy Clark. And, I know, isn't that crazy? Yeah. We'll play, who, who do you play with? Uh, all the, it was the country, uh, Patty Loveless. And, yeah, Patty Loveless, yep. And uh, he's also out with Vince Gill and um, Rodney Crowell. Rodney think, Crowell, yeah. yep. He played our 895 Fest with Rodney Crowell. He oh, was in his awesome. band. Yeah, and he's done the local brew as well because he just put out a new record. Yeah, his which is fantastic. His first record in 15 years because he came to Nashville. He's from Australia, but he came to Nashville from Texas. He was only there for a short while. And he got, he's so good. He got 
Patty Loveless like kind of right away. Yeah. And then he got so busy, he went out with Emmy Lou and Rodney Krell and then, you know, Vince Gill. And oh, life is so hard. <laughs> I know. So <laughs> 15 years went by. Yeah. And he was like, wait a minute, I, I got to get back to myself, you know? And Yeah. But wow, yeah, he wasn't complaining. That was a, a, a killer. And he's still doing that, so... Yeah, it's and he just put Hollywood, uh, which he wrote with Guy uh, on his new record. Yep. And uh, I didn't even recognize the song. He did it, such a different spin on it, and I had to go back and listen to Guy's version and see. Yeah, like, I wow. didn't either. I didn't realize it was the f- the same song at first either. Which is very cool. So like the the whole just the whole concept of how many amazing artists there are that um, there just isn't such a, a great platform f- for them in other spaces and WMOT has been able to give it to him. I just love that so much because that's the whole point of this podcast is just to get the, the story out of these people that aren't, you know, big enough to be uh, on some of the bigger podcasts or the, the bigger forums and uh, just give them something that where people can actually listen and, and know about these up and coming people that are just amazing. And uh, I'm just so happy that you're a part of doing that for the local scene uh, on the radio. Well, I'm happy you're doing it too, because the more of us that are exposing people to these other people's music, it's yeah. just, you know, you never know who's going to hear it and be like, wow, I really, really like that song or, you know, respond to it in however way. So I'm happy you're doing it, too. I, I didn't even realize that it was only my I think my third or fourth episode. But uh, my buddy Jason Hawk Harris was one oh, of like, cool. um, I think, the third episode. Everybody go back and listen after this one. <laughs> and um, he's he's great. And I've had him. Uh, we did a Americana showcase last year and we had him on that. And um I'll always try to, you know, do as much as I can for him. And he's just blowing up with Bloodshot Records. He just released his debut album and y'all are playing the heck out of him. Yeah, we love him. That's really cool. Yeah, I think he's in the top. He's been in the top 40, like on the uh, Americana charts for like the last couple of months. And that chart's all all about airplay. So not just WMOT, but all the stations around the country that are playing Americana music. That If he's making it onto the charts, then that means people in other markets are responding to it as well and that makes me really happy yeah yeah and that i mean that's the whole point of like what we're doing is like there's people like jason hawk harris that everyone needs to know about because he's just fantastic songwriter singer and and just all around great uh artists um and yeah you know like john latham and Kristen inglis who's so good both about to put out records uh, nick nace i don't know if you know nick yeah, yeah we had and john produced nick's records yeah. so and I think they recorded it at the, at the Cafe they Rooster did, show. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. had played a couple of songs. We were actually going to try to get Nick to open one of those shows, maybe the John Latham show, but yeah. he was touring and thankfully Kristen was around, so we were yeah. able to get her to do it. And those two, Kristen and John, have sang together and they just sound great together. Yeah, they did a duet of uh, an Everly Brothers song towards the end of the set that was beautiful. So cool. Yeah, yeah that was great. A lot of fun. Um, do you have who do you have coming up? Is there anyone you can uh, talk about coming up on the radio for the local for brew? The local brew yeah. yeah, well, I'm excited about Elise Davis. I just interviewed her, and this is my second interview with Elise for the local brew, which is interesting because she was one of the first ones I did back, I don't know, seven or eight months ago. And I realized, whoa, i'm I'm on episode number thirty two, I think, and I think she wow. was episode number four. But I didn't have the live aspect of it back then. So I wanted to get Elise in because she's really fun live. She's releasing new music. And so I've thought, well, let's catch up because we haven't, you know, we chatted back in April or May, whenever it was. Yeah. And now you're about to release new music and let's get you to play a a show. So I'm excited about her. 
and then um, the week after release, it's going to be Susie Brown, who's another great singer-songwriter here in town. Yeah. She's a cardiologist and a songwriter who makes records. That I'm is, like, yeah. Wow. That We talked a little bit about how she, you... She you know, literally... Uh, she grabs your heart both literally and figuratively. <laughs> right. She saves lives, right? She saves, she saves, lives, saves yeah. lives by, you know, providing amazing music and actually helping sick people. So, yeah, yeah, she's really interesting. And then coming up in December, we have uh, Renee Wall and Jackie Bristow are going to play a show together. They're both really cool singer-songwriters. Heard of Renee Wall, yeah. Yeah, she's great. She's done the Finally Friday show. She's been on WMOT. Jackie Bristow has, too. She's from New Zealand. She's really interesting. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I like her a lot. And then uh, we have a band called Brother in the Haze that are really, really cool. I think you would like them. I think them. I've also heard of them. You have might have. And knowing the kind of music you like, I think you, yeah. you might dig them. Um, so that's coming up. And then we're going to do sort of... A holiday show in December. Oh, cool. Yeah. And that'll be featuring a really cool artist in town named Colleen Orander. And she's got a sort of, we were talking about Nightingale earlier with that yeah. kind of speakeasy, bluesy vibe. Chris, um, Colleen is kind of like that as well, except she's got a, she's got a really big voice. She's very powerful and uh, it's definitely kind of jazzy, bluesy stuff. And she's made a really cool Christmas song. So I... And she's she's got you know orig other original songs as well, but I thought it might be fun to do a little holiday spin with original music like that, like know? original Christmas type. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, that's she'll she'll do probably. I mean, I'm sure she'll probably do some covers, but it won't be a whole Christmas show. Yeah, so it'll be mixed up. But it's it's just her style of music that really makes me feel like you know the holidays yeah it's a, she's in it, not jazzy like anything yeah, jazzy yeah. or like old like jazz honky-tonk mm -hmm. like anything like that makes me think of the holidays yeah i think you're gonna like her she's she's a phenomenal vocalist and i'm really excited to have her so and then i think that's gonna be it for the end of the year then we're gonna take a little break and on my local brew show which will still be on the air i'm gonna do all locals and i don't know if it'll be all original music but it'll be all locals doing holiday music and that'll be on Monday the 23rd because it's two nights before Christmas. Yeah. It'd be crazy if I didn't do that, right? Right. No, totally. I mean, you know, whatever. But still, I love Christmas and I want to celebrate yeah. it. And, you know. Me and Fawn Larson did a uh, Christmas song uh, in our duo back in Lafayette, Louisiana, probably eight years ago or something like that. Completely forgot about the song. And then she had someone that was uh, looking for like licensing for Christmas, original Christmas music. And she was oh, trying cool. to dig up our song. Did you find it? We found it, but it just <laughs> sounds so bad. <laughs> Time we, to re-record. We're like, we got to re-record this song. <laughs> well, but please do, because then yeah. you can send it to me. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to do that. Um, but but uh, yeah, I completely forgot that we did a Christmas song. And I was like, man, I forgot. I love writing Christmas music. I yeah, need to do more of this. It's fun too. And I'm really getting, I've been getting submissions from artists and I'm really getting some cool interesting stuff and and some of my favorite christmas songs are not traditional christmas songs like one of my all-time favorite songs is river by joni mitchell and it's become a holiday song yeah um but it wasn't written as a holiday song and yeah. same with the pretenders um i think it's called two thousand miles the name of that song well uh hallelujah by leonard cohen some people play that like it's a christmas song and i'm like do you even know what this song is about that one not so much <laughs> i know i love that song but yeah, yeah. but uh, but those songs have become and they were not written as holiday songs but they've sort right. of become holiday staples and and so i'm really interested when 
artists are writing original holiday music because it's their take on either what the holidays mean to them or yeah. maybe it's funny or quirky or maybe it's just, you know, like emotional or yeah, I love it. John Prine is obsessed with Christmas. He's, <laughs> he's like always writing about Christmas and I could do a whole show on just John Prine Christmas. Songs, yeah. But yeah. No, it's going to be, you know, a bunch of different lo- local artists and I'm really looking forward to putting that one together. That's exciting. So moving forward into next year, um, you're doing more of the local brewer. There are going to be any other shows that we should be looking out for anything you can talk about or well, WMOT does so many shows. I mean, we do yeah. our Friday, our finally Friday, which we talked finally about, Fridays, which yeah. is live on the air. And, uh, we also have different sessions for lists yeah. for members. Yeah. So if you become a member, you can go to all the wired in shows, which are once a month. The next one's going to be trigger hippie and Jesse Mallon. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. And then you can go to um, WMOT.org to th- become a member. Thank you, Will. That is absolutely that? Yeah. correct. WMOT.org. It's super easy. And and the cool thing about WMOT is that, yes, we need money to survive because we're a nonprofit and we are yeah. a public radio station and we don't get money from the government. We don't get money from the Center for Public Broadcasting. Most people don't know that. I didn't even know that yeah. until I worked there. I just, and I'm in radio, I just assumed that, oh, it's public radio, they're getting funded. No. No. We are not getting funded. Some public radio stations are getting that money, right. but it's much scarcer than it used to be. And the grant money that comes from the the Center for Public Broadcasting, you have to apply for that. And there's certain criteria you have to meet to get yeah, that. Yeah, I know. And since we're only three years old, you know, we're still growing. So we'll take members... We just want to grow the musical community so you don't have to have a certain amount of money. Any amount you donate can make you a member. Yeah. Which is, you know, and then we have other things that we invite all members to. Right. And I always think it's like Spotify costs 10 bucks a month. That's like right. Just if if you, I mean, if anyone that is listening right now listens to WMOT, I mean, 10 bucks a month. I know. Seriously. Like, I was it's telling people it. during our recent uh, fall membership drive that if you do subscribe to Spotify, which I do, and you subscribe to Hulu, well, you're now getting Hulu free because Spotify offers Hulu as part of your premium Spotify subscription. <laughs> so just pay for Hulu. So instead of... On WMOT. It, well, yeah. instead of doing Hulu, because you're getting it free now, you just save 10 bucks a month, give it to us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it. Um, and then and we do other things for listeners. Like we had Americana Fest this year. We were at War Memorial Auditorium. That was so cool. You had... Um, oh, I'm going to blank on their name right now. Um, the guys from Austin. Uh, oh, um, I've opened for them Shiny before. Ribs. Shiny Ribs, yes. Yes. They were a hoot. I heard that on uh, the radio live. and uh, Yeah. And we love so putting music live on the radio. We do yeah. it all the time, any chance we can. So, I mean, in fact, every Friday we do it. But, um, but that was a lot of fun. And that was open to all of our members. So if you were able to make a one-time $25 donation, you were invited to that. And you got to right. be inside War Memorial. You got to see Robert Randolph and the family band. That's true, yeah. You got to see Tanya Tucker. You got to see the Mavericks, the record company, Aaron Lee Tazjan, Sean Colvin. I mean... I, I the the list is long. Driving and crying, it was yeah. crazy. It was so much fun, and we partnered with NPR Music, which we do a lot because we're part of the NPR network, and they were uh, streaming video of it, so you could watch it as well as listen to it. It was really yeah. special. And World Cafe, and World Cafe is actually doing a whole week of all of those performances that we had at Americana Fest. You also did, um, I think Jesse Scott did this one, but you did a companion to the uh, country music documentary. Yes, she did. That was yeah. so cool. Oh, I'm glad you heard that. Yeah, she's. I'm so lucky to work with Jesse Scott because she's so knowledgeable and she's been doing this 
is longer, long, longer than me. And um, it's just really great to be around somebody that has so much experience yeah. and still has so much passion and energy for it. She's, you know, yeah. you, you, you feed off of that and it's great. It's, it's just so cool to be in the middle of this like kind of renaissance of uh, what is Americana and, and almost, I don't know if this will make sense or not, but like, I, I feel like the pendulum has swung back almost to like what it was back in the forties and fifties where like we're back to singles, you know, there, the album format isn't as important anymore. Um, yeah. It's hard because Americana is still an album format, right? F- um, format, but I mean, that's the consumer wants to consume the format, but you know that it is but artists are just releasing singles. yeah you're right exactly and we'll still play them i mean yeah. if you just have a single and it's really great and it fits we'll play it right but she and this is what a part of what i love about being there and working with jesse is she wants to play four or five songs from an album she yeah. doesn't want to just play a single right she wants to go deep on it and she does and it's really you don't the the cool thing is limited interruptions because we are public radio so you're not getting blasted with five minutes of commercials twice or sometimes three times an hour yeah which when you think about it is you know 10 15 minutes of your hour is commercials yeah and so we don't have that yes we don't have as much money but that's okay we're getting there um by the good graces of people like you and and listeners that love it and want to support it right and you also have so much diversity you know you'll you won't hear the same song over and over even songs in our heaviest rotation yeah might only hear very true a couple times a week yeah the most and and it's cool because I hear friends of mine and then I discover new people and then you hear like huge people, you know, um, all within one hour, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's true. From Johnny Cash to, you know, yeah. whoever. Underhill Family heard. Orchestra. Oh, cool. They're yeah. good friends of mine. They were on the podcast as well. Awesome. You know, Jason Hawk Harris. But moving forward into 2020 uh, with the Roots format and kind of what I was talking about with the, the whole single thing and you came back around with, you know, we play the albums, which is kind of what I was, uh, which is such a good thing. And kind of what I was trying to say is like the pendulum has swung back to the single thing with, within like most of the music world, um, which is exciting and cool, but it's also like, uh, I feel like in the roots in the Americana genre, um, we consume records, at least I do. And most people that are, are are fans of the genre want to consume records. And, um, it's exciting that, um, the format is supporting that, you know, that yeah. it's like, a uh, uh, you're hearing the whole story of these artists, not just like the one song that's real catchy, you right, know? Right. Right. A hundred percent true. And we, you know, we want to give artists that exposure and give them all of that. But I think in this day and age too, it's an economic thing because so many artists are making their albums or their songs at home. Yeah. And, or, or if you are able to go into a studio, you might not be, be might not be able to afford a whole you know twelve song album or something. You might only be able to crank out three songs. Yeah. Or a song. So there's there's you know obviously pros and cons to living in the digital world where yes you can sit in your living room and make a pretty damn cool sounding song. Yeah. But you know. It also, it, it's a lot. So if yeah. you're all doing it on your own and all you can get out is one song because maybe you have a day job or maybe you know, right. you're playing guitar in another band to make ends meet or whatever it is, I'm, you know, send it to me. I'll still take it, even if you haven't given a whole album yet, you know. 
Yeah, and I I think that 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 is with Americana. What what is exciting is that you're getting this like, um, almost like it was. It's it's. I don't want to say it's been lost, but we we have such a culture of uh, one and done and quick like short attention span. short attention span. And um, I heard someone say, and I I wish I remember who said it. They were like, "It's not that we have a short attention span. We actually want to have longer attention span. We just need to have something that." we can consume that will give us a longer attention span. And I feel like with the, the, this format and, and, and where Americana is going that, uh, that that is happening with like, I mean, when I think of the high women, you don't think of just one of the songs, you think of the whole record yeah. or Casey Musgraves, you think of the whole entire record. Such a beautiful record. Um, and in, and Tyler Childers new record, uh, you know, uh, Sturgill Simpson, any of these people that are putting out these records, uh, definitely Jason is like you, Mm-hmm. start to finish you think of the whole entire thing um as a package and not you're not just like oh that one song yeah and that's how i grew up listening to music so for yeah. me i prefer that but i'm also a song person and i also like you know we talked about making mixtapes and playlists right. and sometimes i just need one song to fit in there and if that's all you got and i love it i'm gonna love it just as much and want to hear more yeah you know? Um, and you, and you mentioned earlier, you know, like recording in your room cause that's all you can afford. I'm, I literally just, uh, I've been in a writing phase and I literally was just recording <laughs> the demos all upstairs in my room. So good, that's, good. that's very accurate. Yeah. When that creativity comes, you know, you got to embrace it and just go with it. And if it's here in your living room and you're able to do it, you know, you're lucky. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Um, so the last thing I want to ask, um, what besides cutting the tape live on your first day what <laughs> what was your favorite or what has been one of your favorite on-air memories oh gosh so many you can pick several if you want um well one of the coolest things that ever happened to me was when i got to interview john hyatt because Ooh. i mean he's a legend yeah legendary songwriter and um i was he plays with a lot of lafayette guys he does yeah oh, cool um he's he's phenomenal you know and he's just written some of the best songs of all time so I got to interview him once and he at the beginning of the interview he said tell me your name again and I said Anna Lee like like you know in the band song and he goes oh yeah 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 yeah, Anna Lee and so we do the whole interview it was long too he played like three songs and played live sitting there in front of me I thought I was gonna die it was so <laughs> cool and he asked me what I wanted to hear and I had a list of songs that I would want to hear from him. And he was like, wow, you, you, you know, I've, I felt like a little bit like a stalker. Cause he was <laughs> like, wow, you really know my catalog. And I worked at his record label for a while. So I got to dive in even deeper on stuff that I d- wasn't that familiar with. This is back in the nineties at Capitol records. But at the end of the interview, um, I said, thank you so much for coming by. And he goes, well, thanks for letting me come and keep Anna Lee company. Like the line in in the weight from the band. And I just about cried because I was like, whoa, John Hyatt just said that. That is so cool. That was a really great memory. Oh, man, I was trying to look up uh, his. uh, Shoot, the people that uh, from Lafayette that played in his band in the Goners or one. Yes, in the Goners. Um, He's had a few different bands. It was Sonny Landreth. I know that Sonny Landreth is amazing. What a what a slide player he is. It's so funny because I didn't realize until I got out of Lafayette that he was a big deal. Because yeah. it's just like, yeah, Sonny Landreth. He oh. plays at all the, right. the stuff in Lafayette. No yeah. big deal. Right. And then everyone else like, oh, my God, he's so great. I'm he's like, so oh. He's so great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, then, but his, I, ca- I can't find it right now, uh, fan, but his uh, bass player and drummer are also from Lafayette. Oh, okay. Cool. Very cool. 
Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. And, uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to think. There's been so many. Usually it's, you know, an interview. Um, but I have had listeners call me and tell me something personal or something I said on the radio that resonated with them or, or people say that, you know, your voice is so soothing. I feel like, you know, you're my friend and I'm riding home with you from work and you're like hanging out in the car with me. And that's like the biggest compliment I could ever get is that somebody feels, um, you know, like welcome, welcomed or whatever, you know? Yeah. Cause that's, I just am me. People are like, could you do your radio voice? And I'm like, uh, this is it. I just just am me, you know, I'm never like trying to, and that was a thing in the sixties and seventies. You had a radio voice. I didn't cause I was a kid, but you know, Um, but it's just not like that, you know? And I, for me, it's not like that. It never has been. I just wanted to be on the radio so I could turn people onto music because that's all I ever did in my life anyway. Yeah. And when I figured out that I, even if it's a tiny paycheck, when I figured out I could get a paycheck and actually, you know, put food on my table and just tell people about music, I'm like, sign me up. So and I'm we, still we super need, passionate about it. Yeah. All of us musicians need it because on the other side, we, <laughs> we were like, wait, I can write a song and maybe make 50 bucks, you know? Yeah. Like sign me up. Yeah, so we exactly. need people to to be in our corner, and uh, we're all so thankful for you. So thanks oh. for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thanks so much, Anna Lee, for coming on Americana Station podcast off the rails. The song you're currently listening to is "Finch in the Pantry" by Arcadian Wild. Uh, they're amazing. Go check them out, and uh, make sure you follow my playlist. Uh, they actually have a song on there called food truck blues so uh go listen to uh the playlist go bookmark americanahighways.org and we'll catch you next time uh with veronica stanton on the next episode of americana station podcast